Chapter Eleven of Tom Swift and His Wireless Message. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tom Swift and His Wireless Message by Victor Appleton. Chapter Eleven A Night of Terror. After the first shock of Tom's announcement, the two men, who were traveling with him in the airship, showed no signs of fear. Yet it was alarming to know that one was speeding over the mighty ocean, before a terrific gale, with nothing more substantial under one than a comparatively frail airship. Still, Mr. Damon knew Tom of old, and had confidence in his ability, and, while Mr. Fenwick was not so well acquainted with our hero, he had heard much about him, and put faith in his skill to carry them out of their present difficulty. "'Are you sure you can't turn around and go back?' asked Mr. Fenwick. His knowledge of air currents was rather limited. "'It is out of the question,' replied Tom, simply. We would surely rip this craft to pieces if we attempted to buffet this storm. Is it so bad, then? asked Mr. Damon, forgetting to bless anything in the tense excitement of the moment. It might be worse, was the reply of the young inventor. The wind is blowing about eighty miles an hour at times, and to try to turn now would mean that we would tear the planes loose from the ship true we could still keep up by means of the gas bag but even that might be injured going as we are in the same direction as that in which the wind is blowing we do not feel the full effect of it but perhaps if we went lower down or higher up we could get in a different current of air suggested mr fenwick who had made some study of aeronautics i'll try assented tom simply he shifted the elevating rudder and the whizzer began to go up slowly for there was great lateral pressure on her large surface but tom knew his business and urged the craft steadily the powerful electric engines which were the invention of mr fenwick stood them in good stead and the barograph soon showed that they were steadily mounting is the wind pressure any less inquired mr damon anxiously on the contrary it seems to be increasing replied tom with a glance at the anemometer it's nearly ninety miles an hour now then aided by the propellers we must be making over a hundred miles an hour said the inventor we are a hundred and thirty assented tom we'll be blown across the ocean at this rate exclaimed mr damon bless my soul i didn't count on that perhaps we had better go down suggested mr fenwick i don't believe we can get above the gale i'm afraid not came from tom it may be a bit better down below accordingly the rudder was changed, and the whizzer pointed her nose downward. 
none of the lifting gas was let out as it was desired to save that for emergencies down 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 went the great airship until the adventurers within by gazing through the plate glass window in the floor of the cabin could see the heaving white-capped billows tossing and tumbling below them look out or we'll be into them shouted mr damon i guess we may as well go back to the level where we were declared tom the wind both above and below that particular strata is stronger and we will be safer up above our only chance is to scud before it until it has blown itself out and i hope it will be soon why asked mr damon in a low voice because we may be blown so far that we cannot get back while our power holds out and then tom did not finish but mr damon knew what he meant death in the tossing ocean far from land when the whizzer unable to float in the air any longer should drop into the storm-enraged atlantic they were again on a level where the gale blew less furiously than either above or below but this was not much relief it seemed as if the airship would go to pieces so much was it swayed and tossed about but mr fenwick if he had done nothing else had made a staunch craft which stood the travellers in good stead all the rest of that day they swept on at about the same speed there was nothing for them to do save watch the machinery occasionally replenishing the oil tanks or making minor adjustments well finally remarked mr damon when the afternoon was waning away if there's nothing else to do suppose we eat bless my appetite but i'm hungry and i believe you said mr fenwick that you had plenty of food aboard so we have but the excitement of being blown out to sea on our first real trip made me forget all about it i'll get dinner at once if you can put up with an amateur's cooking and i'll help offered mr damon tom can attend to the airship and we'll serve the meals it will take our minds off our troubles there was a well-equipped kitchen aboard the whizzer and soon savory odors were coming from it in spite of the terror of their situation and it was not to be denied that they were in peril they all made a good meal though it was difficult to drink coffee and other liquids owing to the sudden lurches which the airship gave from time to time as the gale tossed her to and fro night came and as the blackness settled down the gale seemed to increase in fury it howled through the slender wire rigging of the whizzer and sent the craft careening from side to side and sometimes thrust her down into a cavern of the air only to lift her high again almost like a ship on the heaving ocean below them as darkness settled in blacker and blacker tom had a glimpse below him of tossing lights on the water we just passed over some vessel he announced i hope they are in no worse plight than we are then 
there suddenly came to him a thought of the parents of mary nestor who were somewhere on the ocean in the yacht resolute bound for the west indies i wonder if they're out in this storm too mused tom if they are unless the vessel is a staunch one they may be in danger the thought of the parents of the girl he cared so much for being in peril was not reassuring to tom and he began to busy himself about the machinery of the airship to take his mind from the presentiment that something might happen to the resolute we'll have our own troubles before morning the lad mused if this wind doesn't die down there was no indication that this was going to be the case for the gale increased rather than diminished tom looked at their speed gauge they were making a good ninety miles an hour for it had been decided that it was best to keep the engine and propellers going as they steadied the ship ninety miles an hour murmured tom and we've been going at that rate for ten hours now that's nearly a thousand miles we are quite a distance out to sea he looked at a compass and noted that instead of being headed directly across the atlantic they were bearing in a southerly direction at this rate we won't come far from getting to the west indies ourselves reasoned the young inventor but i think the gale will die away before morning the storm did not however more fiercely it blew through the hours of darkness it was a night of terror for they dared not go to sleep not knowing at what moment the ship might turn turtle or even rend apart and plunge with them into the depths of the sea so they sat up occasionally attending to the machinery and noting the various gauges mr damon made hot coffee which they drank from time to time and it served to refresh them there came a sudden burst of fury from the storm and the airship rocked as if she was going over bless my heart cried mr damon springing up that was a close call tom said nothing mr fenwick looked pale and alarmed the hours passed they were swept ever onward at about the same speed sometimes being whirled downward and again tossed upward at the will of the wind the airship was well nigh helpless and tom as he realized their position could not repress a fear in his heart as he thought of the parents of the girl he loved being tossed about on the swirling ocean in a frail pleasure yacht End of chapter eleven